Hello and welcome to the Innovative Missional Ministries podcast. I'm Jeff Heisner, video journalist and digital media director for the Michigan District. And today we're talking about LAMP ministry with Pastor Steve Shave. Steve, why don't you begin with where you guys are located, who do you serve, and what is LAMP? So what we're known for is serving indigenous communities uh, in remote locations in northern Canada. But we do have an office here uh, with the Michigan District. Uh, we are located in New Haven. That's where I'm at today. But I split my time also with uh, our other offices in Canada, and that's in Edmonton, Alberta. So just a little bit farther away from here. <laughs> <laughs> You're relatively new to LAMP. So tell us about yes. your background. Yeah, sure. So previous to working at LAMP, I worked with the LCMS at the International Center in the Office of National Mission. I actually had two hats. I was the director of church planting for Synod and also the director for urban and inner city mission. Um, that came about because of my uh, pastoral uh, time in the field was uh, first to be a church planter. Uh, I was kind of a tech entrepreneur in my first career and had kind of a corporate background. And they asked me, hey, would you consider this church planting program? And so, uh, you know, starting things from scratch was kind of uh, something I was always interested in. So I did that. And then that led into doing city mission, uh, working in the inner city. And so that led to me becoming a member of the Office of National Mission. And so one of the things that I um, was able to do was to help found something called the Mission Field USA initiative. And that was working in the margins, uh, in impoverished communities, marginalized uh, communities, and trying to reach people who are least like us now in the LCMS. And so that mission work and working with domestic missionaries really helped to prepare me for my work with ministry. So you said you were executive in the tech industry? Yeah. How different yeah. that from what you're doing now? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it was kind of interesting. I, you know, I was kind of a computer nerd, but I ended up becoming a tech entrepreneur and uh, was able to start an e-business services um, division with another company. And so I caught that whole dot-com wave and got to work on some of the biggest dot-coms as they were coming out. And so it was really exciting. And, uh, you know, just using the, the technology and social media, you know, it's been very beneficial. Uh, for how do you get the word out about your ministry and share with your, uh, you know, constituents, you know, the stories and the impact stories. And so uh, having that background, I think, has been helpful for me uh, doing these kind of entrepreneurial ventures. And uh, even with the ministry, it's been helpful. So, yeah, but much different. So what is a mission trip like way up there in Canada? Yeah, so... Um, you, as you can imagine right now in the winter, uh, it's it's a little bit harsh. <laughs> it's extremely dark, you know, for long, long periods of time. It's extremely cold. Uh, you're out in remote locations, so there's no getting in and out very easily. So it is a, a challenge for sure. Um, but I'll say the summer months, though, in northern Canada are beautiful. And there's lots of lakes, lots of water. Uh, the sun is out. So it's it's kind of a night and day, literally night and day difference between going on a winter mission trip versus summer and typically uh the very large bulk of the work that we do is summer vacation bible schools and so for most people they get to see northern canada at its best cool are there other outreach programs you do yeah so kind of the 
majority of the work that we do is working with the children in the villages and reserves that we serve. Uh, but kind of also coming out of that, that is there's always going to be teenagers that are around, you know, the moms that bring their kids. And so from that has grown, you know, sports ministry, women's Bible studies, doing some men's groups, parenting classes. You know, those are kind of all offshoots of the work that we do working with the children in the community that kind of blossoms into working with families. So for sure. So it definitely sounds relationship driven. Talk about those values of LAMP and, and what they are. Yeah. So you might think that because people go up for a week to do a vacation Bible school, that it's more of a short-term mission, but we really don't see it that way. Um, one of the greatest assets of LAMP is that, you know, you don't just show up at these communities, these villages, these reserves, you have to be invited. And for us, you know, it's been over 50 years now where these long-term relationships have been established that we continue to be invited back again and again. And so for us, we don't see it as just a week-long event. You know, our teams, even through COVID, managed to stay connected to their communities and the families that they serve. And, you know, they're, they're now generations have passed where the young kids that they were serving are now the adults and the community leaders. And so it's been a generational impact. And it's also something that goes beyond just that one week of establishing those relationships, building on those relationships, becoming part of the community. That's really how people in the community see LAMP is that we are a part of their community and they welcome us back uh, with open arms, like I said, because we've established those long lasting relationships built on that mutual respect and love that we have for each other. Feel free to share some stories about what it's like up there, because uh, you are way up there in Canada, like, serving <laughs> people. I, I, when we first met, you told some stories about how difficult it is to get goods and services up there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's that's the genesis of LAMP was, you know, it was a, a bush pilot pastor who was, you know, making ends meet by going out and delivering goods to these locations, seeing these, you know, homes that are out, you know, surrounded by water. Their only way to get in and out is either by one of these little planes or you have to wait until the water freezes. So anybody that's seen the Ice Road Trucker shows has seen, you know, the the challenges and difficulties of, of getting things in and out of those communities. And it's dangerous to some degree for those uh, ice road truckers, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really remote, isolated. That's where it all kind of began for us was uh, realizing it's probably a challenge for people to bring the gospel to these locations, but with the right means to do so, um, we can do that. So that's, that's where it all started. And how is it received when, when you do a VBS or when you yeah. talk with teens? What is that? What is that like? Yeah. I mean, you can't even imagine. And I, I mean, I hate to say it like you're treated like a celebrity because you, as you can imagine, if you're a kid growing up in a remote, isolated location and you see one of these mission trip bands coming with groups of people that they've come to see you. You know, that I can't even express that it just means the world to these kids that someone cared enough that they went to that extreme measure to be with them, to bring them the good news of Jesus. So literally what you'll see is as soon as you hit the reserve, the kids come running, the moms are right behind them, the dogs come chasing behind everybody that come greet you as soon as you get there. And it means so much to the kids that you'll hardly even be there very long before they're asking you already, when are you coming back? 
because before they open up their hearts to you, they want to know that you're there for them and you're going to come back again. And, you know, they've dealt with some abandonment issues of their own in the past, but they really want to connect with people. And they, again, love when people are willing to make that sacrifice to come and be with them. And so, yeah, the, the first thing that they're going to ask you is, when are you coming back? Because it just absolutely means the world to them that you're there with them. And I got to imagine it's difficult right now, especially post-COVID, because there is that great need and the volunteers are the huge need for you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think most organizations like ours kind of struggled with, you know, not having mission teams. It was all kind of a process. People just knew to, you know, constantly be recruiting for new team members and that sort of thing. And so I think people got behind on that. So like most organizations, our, our greatest need is, uh, to get more volunteers to make uh, teams for us to go. So the best thing is if we can get a, a congregation to be a sending church and so they get a group together. And so there's kind of, a, that, again, that consistency, like they'll be there for three, five years of rotating, you know, new members, but sending teams every year. But we also have opportunities for people, too, that want to just jump on board with another team. So we have those opportunities available as well. But when you talk about needs and COVID, just to give you an understanding of the communities that we serve, if you can imagine how isolated and alienated we felt during COVID, imagine being in these locations where it's even more challenging, harsh conditions, even more difficult to get supplies. And so through COVID, we did. We took our planes up. If we had to tear the seats out, we did to fill it up with quilts and COVID supplies and get things up there. But when you think about the demographics of the people that we serve, the number one cause of death for adolescents in these communities is suicide. And so we provide all kinds of, you know, human care things but what they need the most is the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what these kids need. That's why we reach the, the young ones at the age that we do, because we want them to know God loves you. God cares for you. You are special. You matter. You are important. And you 100% are loved. And that's the most basic, simple message that we try to send. But the most important need that they have in these communities is for us to bring them hope. Uh, that's awesome. I'm what can someone expect if they sign up for a mission trip? Yeah, so if you're willing to uh, sign up for a mission trip, you know, we want to make sure that it's the best experience you can have. So there's the obvious vetting process. And we want to make sure that we protect the kids at all costs. And, you know, you're going to have to go through some of those things. And then we also allow for cross-cultural training because it really is kind of a different culture when you go there. And so we want you to, again, have the best experience to know, um, you know, what it's like to work in these communities and to serve uh, the people that we do. And so we have some cross-cultural training that we uh, put you through too. Um, but it's really a simple process. And like I said, you know, there's lots of opportunities and we just want to walk alongside you and help you to, to build and grow those relationships so that you can stay connected with the families that you get to serve. So feel free. What do you want to tell the Michigan district right now about how they can get involved? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I am a pastor uh, in the district, so I'm glad to be with you all. And so I'm more than happy to come and speak to your congregation, do a mission Sunday. Um, I've had the opportunity to 
uh, with the schools. You know, um, for me, it's vital that we reach kids at an early age to get them engaged in mission. You know, um, again, my background with Synod, you know, one of the best ways I saw really keeping young adults uh, wanting to be part of the church and engage in the church is through mission work like this. And then it just is such an inspiration when they come back and bring that back to their church. You know, I, I've seen it time and time again, doing that kind of international mission work then turns into local mission work because, you know, they're fostering and engaging that passion for mission, for reaching the lost. You know, you get to be a part of this great commission to make disciples of all nations. You get to be a part of that, uh, you know, mandate that jesus gives that you will be my witnesses uh to the very ends of the earth and when you go up there i think i told you about for the first time uh you know for me crossing this thing called the shield up there you know you go from seeing tree after tree after tree on the road and then all of a sudden it's just rock you know you really are out there you really feel like you've reached kind of the the end of the earth uh, but, you know, it's such a joy to be with these families. Uh, it's such a joy to know that when Jesus says, who's the greatest among us, it's that little one sitting on his lap. Those are the ones that you get to serve and you get to do that kind of outreach to the ends of the earth. And then you bring that back home to your congregation. And it just inspires them to want to engage even more in the communities that surround their own congregations. So it is just such a, a blessing to do that. But to to uh to the point is that we have resources for schools and Sunday schools and VBS because we want kids to see the needs that are out there and how they can already make a difference in the mission. So we call that our fueling the mission. Uh, and we have curriculum for that. And I'm happy to come to schools and do your chapel service and and tell the kids about the good work that we're doing at LAMP. That's cool. Is there a Michigan District Church that is uh, heading out on one of your missions here shortly? Oh, just last week, uh, Trinity Utica. Um, brave souls. I mean, to go to Saskatchewan in February, you are, you are great. I don't know. You get a special gold star if you're willing to go to Saskatchewan in February. But um, that was also the location of my first mission trip. And the reason that I went on that mission trip was because we got a call from the community leader. Uh, the the community leader had asked for support because they had a rash of teen suicides and there was a, a suicide pact. And they said, you know, we desperately need someone to come and to be with the kids and to, to love on them and tell them how special and important they are. And so Trinity Utica, absolutely 100 percent last year, stepped up to the plate and they spent that whole you know time working with these kids and just telling them just how special and loved they are. And then um, they were back again last week. And so they spent that whole entire week doing vacation Bible school, um, having some fun sports uh, uh, activities for the teens and just loving on families. And so um, can't say enough good stuff about that mission trip and what a blessing to have a partnership with Michigan because it really did, just so you know, start here with Michigan District. It was a Michigan pastor working with a Michigan LWML to purchase that first plane to get everything off the ground. And so, yeah, I can't say enough good stuff about the partnership that we've had with the Michigan District to keep us flying. Oh, that's awesome. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time and all you're doing. 
Absolutely. So uh, I would encourage uh, all your listeners to go to www.lampministry.org to find out where we're at, what we do, and how you can get engaged. Yeah, definitely an amazing ministry, and you're doing some awesome things for sure. So we also want to thank you, the listener, for making this podcast part of your day. God bless.